The Source of Truth is an audio recording of Pastor Ronnie Love sharing Christian encouragement and biblical truth. We hope this podcast can help make your path a bit brighter today. Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Well, good morning and welcome to the Thursday edition of the Source of Truth podcast. And I appreciate you giving me this week as we have taken time to answer some questions that have come our way. Some of these have been questions asked by several people. Some of these are questions or have been asked to me over the last year or so. Some of these are questions of someone who, some of who are newer to our church, newer to Christianity, and they've been phenomenal questions. And the reason I like to use this platform is more than likely, like especially today's passage, more than likely, if you were to be brought, if this question were to be brought to you, you would more than likely say, I have no idea what to say about this. And generally, a lot of preachers in our situation would, because when you look at this, how does this compare with other religions and other churches' beliefs and teachings and stuff like that? So one of the reasons I waited a few weeks um, from the time the questions first started coming into giving them is it gave me a chance to read and study and evaluate um, to make sure I understand the context of what's going on. This passage um, is one that is very strongly used in certain religious teachings in the area of communion. Uh, why they believe that uh, communion, what they call transubstantiation, what they believe is that when you take the communion, as they call it, um, they bless it and the bread turns into the blood, uh, the flesh of Jesus and the juice turns into the blood. And when you eat of that, you are taking in the life of Jesus and this is how, part of how you earn salvation through one of the um, institutions of the church. And so they go to this passage. I'm going to read the passage at hand and then I'm going to try to explain the passage to us. The one that really grabs a lot of people starts out in verse number 51. It says, I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If any man eat of this bread, he shall live forever. And the bread that which I give is my flesh, which I, which I will give for the life of the world. The Jews therefore strove amongst themselves, saying, How can this man give us his flesh and eat? Verse 53. Then Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Except ye eat the flesh of the Son of Man, and drink his blood, ye have no life in you. Whoso eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood hath eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. And these verses are used by some churches um, to go to the point of saying this is the command that's given in the, in the ordinance of communion. Now, in a little bit, when I'm done explaining the passage, I'm going to give a quick explanation as to why that's not even possible when you use Scripture as your basis for it. So, let me go back. I think one of the things you have to understand is a lot of times what people do is they want to take one group of verses and they want to yank it and say, yank it out of context. Why is he even saying this to this group of people? Who's he saying it to? These things. And in doing that, we don't fully understand why. And one of the things you're going to learn if you study the New Testament is there's more than once where Jesus used uses figurative language or he uses language that literally to the person listening almost impossible for them to really understand because they're not coming asking Jesus for truth and this situation is like that they're not coming asking Jesus for truth they're coming asking Jesus how can you get from us what we want how can we have our traditions met out? How can we still do what we want, still have what you want? And Jesus is like, you need to go away from old tradition and follow me. So there was this one man that came to him, what can I do that I may inherit eternal life? John 3. And he says, and hey, what do you want? He goes, what can I do that I can earn it? 
And he says, no, 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 no. And so Jesus gives him a whole list of these works he had to do. Why would he do that? Because he wanted to prove to this man, you can't do all these things. It's impossible to earn salvation according to the truth. And so that's similar to what he's doing here. He's using figurative language for the point that the people who are listening are so hard-hearted and so about what they want that he's basically trying to confuse them, really. So let's go back. I'm going to go back to verse 41. I'm not going to read all the verses prior, but in verse 41 of John chapter 6, the Bible says, And the Jews murmured at him because he said that he was the bread which came down from heaven. Now, he wasn't speaking yet about the bread. You know, he needed to be, his flesh needed to be eaten blood. He wasn't using that language yet. He was using a figurative language that I am the bread. I am the one that has come from heaven. I am fulfillment of prophecy. I am the Messiah. Believe it or not, when we read in a second, that's the fact that he claimed to be bread wasn't what bothered the people. In verse 42, they said, Is not this Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How is it then, he saith, I come down from heaven? Their argument wasn't that he was using the description of the bread. They were ignoring the biblical teaching. They went back and said, man, I know his mom, I know his dad. He couldn't come from heaven. Ignoring the truth that the, the Messiah was to be born of a virgin. They knew that. They knew the Old Testament prophecies from Isaiah that a virgin will conceive and be with child, and they should call his name Emmanuel. They knew that. So if they understood the scriptures, they would recognize he was going to have to have a human mother. They would have known that. So there are, they're just ignoring what they know to be teachings because they wanted to follow their own thinking. So they ignored his teaching that I'm the bread, and they went to the part where they tried to use logic to argue the point. At this point, Jesus answers in verse 43, Murmur not among yourselves. No man can come to me except the Father which has sent me draw him, and I will raise him up at the last day. He says, you can't just come when you want. The Holy, this is the conviction that God brings to the Holy Spirit. No one can just pick and choose when they kind of come to God. Here, example today, some people say, when I get older, I'll get saved. When I'm ready, I'll get saved. That's not promised in Scripture. You must come when God is calling you. When God has been convicted, you come. If you say, like we said the other day, if you say no enough, God's just going to stop offering. Now, it usually takes years before that comes, sometimes decades, but God may do that, and he doesn't always do that. But in this situation, he's saying, you can't just come when you want. You have to come when we are calling you. He goes, you stop murmuring amongst yourself. Stop making this about you. Then it does and goes in verse 45. It is written in the prophets, and they shall be all taught of God, every man therefore that hath heard and hath learned of the Father cometh unto me. You must hear the truth, not just your own tradition. Not that any man hath seen the Father, save he which is of God, he that hath seen the Father. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me hath everlasting life. Believeth on me. He hasn't even gone to the bread prayer. He's talking about believeth on me. He says, why? Verse 48, I am the bread of life. Then he goes on, you fathers did eat man in the wilderness and are dead. This is the bread which cometh down from heaven, that a man may eat thereof and not die. I am the living bread. So he gives this description. And this is teaching. It's figurative. We know the passage is all figurative. But what he's, this, what he's saying is, you know, they knew that one day the manna was a picture of the, the bread of heaven coming down one day. So he is saying that I am the physical embodiment of that picture that has been fulfilled in the Messiah. The picture that the bread of life, that the temporary eating won't work, that the bread of life would one day come and give eternal life. He says, I am the physical fulfillment of that picture. Now, they didn't like, to this point, that's the teaching. They didn't like that. They didn't believe this. They were arguing. So Jesus, realizing they didn't want to hear him, moves to a figurative teaching. Verse 52, the Jews therefore strove amongst themselves, saying, how can this man give us his flesh to eat? Then, of course, Jesus talks about eating of these things. 
Verse 55, he says, For my flesh is the meat indeed, and my blood is a drink. And he, so, and why would he say all these things? He was basically describing something to them that was impossible. He was showing, again, trying to show to them that they're thinking of what they're looking for. That what they believe is coming is impossible. You can't eat. They ask the question, how can this man give us his flesh and his blood? He can't. It's impossible. So he was describing to them how what they were looking for is impossible, just like this man who tried to earn salvation through being perfect and obeying the law in John 3, which he had not done. He was trying to show them that what they were looking for is just impossible and completely illogical. So what does this have to do then? We go back to the area of communion. So what we see is the teaching is, is he explained that he was a physical embodiment of this teaching and that what they're looking for in the physical side wasn't possible. It's just illogical. So when now today people use it as communion and they talk about transubstantiation and consubstantiation, all these different things to um, kind of make the communion institution established, you know, it was first established before he went to the cross at the Last Supper and then we see in Corinthians taught to us. How do we see today what that means? Well, here's the thing I want us to understand. These churches who believe that the, the bread and the blood change, or blood and the wine, or juice we use, change because of this passage. My question is, where in this passage does it say that a church can do that? It doesn't ever say that. What they're saying that because of this, they have the power to change the bread and the blood, or the, the cracker and the wine, the cracker and the juice, to blood and flesh. There's no inscription that says that. What they've done is they've taken a, a train, a uh, teaching out of context to fit their tradition. It doesn't say anywhere in Scripture. And there's nowhere in Scripture where that's been done. Nowhere in Scripture has this been done. So if you say that this is what's happening and this is how it's supposed to happen, then how can we never see it taught in Scripture? How can we never see it done in Scripture? And so what's happening, and a lot of times these churches do it, they take a passage of Scripture that is, can be unclear to some to explain a tradition that's not taught in Scripture. And many times that's what these churches do. They have tradition that, does have, that has no Bible basis behind it at all. So what about when he's, he says, take eat in Corinthians, is my body which is broken for you. Just do it in remember to me. This is the picture. He says, this is the picture of my blood. This is the picture of my flesh. This is not that. Because you're doing this in remembrance of the blood, that I, the blood that I shed on the cross and that my body was broken on the cross. It's a picture. It's all a picture. None of it's real. None of it's to earn salvation. It's thanking the Lord in remembrance for it. That's what the church was told to do. So we look at this and say, if, the, if these churches want to believe that this is true, I suggest and you go to Scripture and say, where was this, what he's talking about today? Where did Jesus teach this to be done the way they claim? It's not. So we understand the teaching is very figurative for the point of trying to prove the impossibility of what they wanted and what we believe today. It's, and we don't ever see that what's done today was taught in Scripture as the way to be done. Corinthians only says we do this to remember what Jesus did, and it's a picture. It's simply a picture of the cross and being remembering. So I hope that gives us a better understanding of, one, what is being said in John 6. Two, it's not describing the premise of communion at all. There's nothing about the communion in this passage. And true communion, what at least, well, the true communion of Scripture, the Lord's Supper, whatever you want to explain, is not what these churches are doing. At the Last Supper, Jesus never described what these churches claim today. So they are creating a, person, a church tradition that's not taught in Scripture, which is why we say it's wrong. If you can't find it taught scripture as this is the right way, then you shouldn't do it. It's just the Bible needs to be the basis. Church tradition should never go on top of the Bible. By the way, church tradition should come as a result of the Bible.
And I think sometimes church tradition going on is just church tradi- tradition ends up causing a lot of confusion. And I think a lot of times points people away from God instead of bringing them to God. And it's a very big um, frustration I have. Let's let the Word of God be what teaches us, not church, not tradition, the Word of God. And the church should be the place where you find the truth in the Word of God. Well, thanks for joining us today. I hope this was a help. I hope it didn't rush in trying to get all the information in today. And I hope it answered your questions. If you have more, please send them to me. Uh, we have one more question to answer tomorrow as we've taken this week, be able to do this. And I appreciate, um, maybe for some you say, I've never even looked at this passage and never thought of this. What a great opportunity to learn something that in some, some forms of the word religion can be somewhat of a controversial passage. It's more simplistic if you just study it. And I hope that was a help to you and encouragement. Thank you for the time you've given to me to be part of your day today. Hope it was a help and hope to again see you again tomorrow. God bless.